Good evening, and welcome to Tuesday Night Live, the midweek service for Bright Temple Church of God in Christ. I pray that each of you are blessed on this evening, and we want to dive quickly into the word of the Lord. May I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, for your people, and for this time to share your word. Lord, allow our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to be open during these moments as we share your principles and allow your word to push us towards your promise. Lord, to push us along the path of destiny that you've designed for each and every one of us. And we pray these things in our son Jesus' name. Amen. And God bless you. Tonight, we're going to Genesis and we're going to look at the 32nd chapter of Genesis, starting at verse 24. Again, that's Genesis chapter 32. And we're going to begin our reading at verse 24. And the word says, and Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. And the word of the Lord is blessed. Tonight, I want to share with you something that we have been sharing at our services on Sunday. Um, just a series that we have begun called Imagine Me. In, in the title, we're asking each of us to look at ourselves in the mirror and to reimagine ourselves there. The question that we've asked during the series is, how do you see yourself in the mirror? Or what do you see when you look in the mirror? That's something that we need to reimagine, if you will. But to reimagine, as we shared on Sunday, you first have to get an image of who you are, where you are and how far God has already brought you. And maybe often we would be more appreciative and live more grateful to God if we took a little time to appreciate how far God has brought us. Many of us, we're not at the point or place of destiny where we would like to be. We have not yet arrived. We have more places to go. We have more levels to achieve. But through God, all of these things are possible. But instead of focusing on that which we have not yet achieved, we often ought to take a little time to appreciate and praise God for where he brought us from. Considering that, looking at our text in Jacob, when we look at Jacob and this particular encounter that he had with what some call an angel and what some say was with God himself, he had an encounter where he was wrestling a man, as the Bible details. But... He was wrestling a man physically, but I believe spiritually, emotionally, and even relative to his purpose, he was wrestling much more than that. In a way, Jacob reflected reflection of wrestling with this man was a reflection of what was happening with Jacob on the inside. He was wrestling on the outside because he was also wrestling on the inside. He was wrestling with his destiny. He was wrestling with his purpose. 
he was wrestling with being a descendant of Abraham and supposed to promulgate him being the father of many nations. He was wrestling with being Israel himself and from the many tribes that were to come from his lineage and directly from his children. He was wrestling with what was ahead of him, but what was wrestling on the inside was his past, his present and his future. And many of us, sometimes the frustration that we feel is because we have the same type of wrestling going on on the inside of us. Our past is wrestling with our present and our present is wrestling with our future and our current circumstances are wrestling with the place where we know God has designed for us to go. Sometimes our frustrations exist not because really our circumstances presently are so bad, but our frustration exists because our present doesn't look like what our future is supposed to. What we're seeing right now in the environment around us does not match up with what God has told us shall be. We know that God is taking us to a certain place, to a certain level. He is taking us to a certain sphere of influence. He's taking us to even maybe a, another dimension or another atmosphere than where we are now. And sometimes our frustration is with the fact that we haven't gotten there. You can put that in parentheses. We haven't gotten there yet. We haven't gotten to there. We're looking where we are and we're trying to see how that matches up with where we should be. And that was Jacob's predicament. That was his dilemma. He was wrestling with where he was going, but his past, his how he was looked on, how he was viewed. Jacob was looked upon as a swindler, someone who had gotten his gotten things by ill gain, by not being honest, by being deceitful. By being grabbing his bro his brother by the ankle and robbing his brother of his bro his birthright and lying to his father to receive a blessing that some may believe what he was not due. And because of his reputation, Jacob's reputation was wrestling with where his destiny should be. And sometimes we get there. Our reputation in our past is wrestling with our destiny. That's a frustrating place because one thing we cannot do is we cannot go back in the past and change what has already happened. And many of us allow the devil to cause us to feel disqualified from our future by presenting evidence of our past. But I came to tell somebody tonight whose past reputation is wrestling with your destiny that God is yet in control. God knew what you would wrestle with and what you would struggle with when he, he assigned you your purpose. I say that again for the point of emphasis. God knew your weaknesses. He knew your areas of struggle when he assigned you your purpose, when he assigned you your destiny. He already knew. He knew David would struggle and we know David struggles with, with infidelity. We know David struggled with obedience to God and numbering the people. We know David had his struggles but God knew David's struggles when he anointed him inside his father's house. He already knew what David would struggle with, but yet he had anointed him. He appointed him and he assigned him a destiny. And I want you to understand that as well. God knew your weaknesses. He knew your areas of struggle. He knew the areas where you would need help. He knew even the areas where you would fall. The Bible says a good man 
falls seven times, and some say the the actual uh, the actual real uh, clarification of what that means. It should be seven times seventy. A man falls seven times, or seven times seventy times. A good man, and yet he gets back up again. It's only the devil that would cause you to feel like you should remain where you are simply because you fail. That's what his, his only design. It seems ridiculous to us. Imagine waking up in the morning and you're going to work and you get in your car and you drive for 45 minutes and you get to your job and you get in your parking space. And after you get out of your parking space, as you're walking in up to work, you fall down. Can you imagine how ridiculous it would be if you fell down in that spot and remained there for your whole shift? And all of the people you're working with came and saw you in the parking lot on the ground. And someone might ask you, why didn't you report to work? And your response to them was, I fell after I got out of my car. That seems utterly ridiculous. Similarly, that's how we are when we fall and we allow the devil to persuade us to simply just stay down. You fail. So just stay there. You, you came up short. So just stay there. You, you, you didn't get the job. So just stay down. Your, your financial situation that you hoped for didn't come through. So just stay where you are. The relationship didn't work out. So stay there. You were embarrassed in your assignment, so you fail, so just stay down. Only the devil would attempt to convince us to stay down once we've fallen, but a good man gets back up. Similarly, as we may fall down and know that it just makes sense to get back up, when God assigns you destiny, even when you fall along the path, don't stay down. Don't allow the devil to convince you to stay where you are. Don't allow the devil to convince you that you are no longer qualified for what God has assigned to you. God has assigned it to you for a purpose. He knew there were pitfalls along the way. He knew you'd have slip ups. He knew you'd have areas of weakness, but yet he assigned it to you anyway. So the greatest thing that you can do is get back up and keep walking according to what God told you. God told you to go there for a reason. And unless God withdraws the assignment, you need to keep on going. And you also further ought to consider this, that maybe some of the pitfalls that you faced were part of the of God's design. Maybe God designed that fall. Maybe God designed that slip up. Maybe God designed that storm or that area of struggle to prepare you for where you were going. Sometimes God allows us to slip up and fall just to keep us humble so that we recognize that all that we have accomplished and all that we may obtain is only because of God's grace and God's mercy. Maybe God allowed that slip up. Maybe like Paul, it's for the sake of us even trusting God a little more. Paul said, I was assigned a thorn in the flesh and I asked God three times to take it away. But God said, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. In other words, God was simply saying, this was designed for you to trust me more. All of us are going to fall. All of us are going to slip up. All of us are going to have areas, days where we were embarrassed, days where we sometimes even don't feel like getting back up again. But despite how you feel, the only way you can fail is to stop trying. God has assigned it to you. You need to keep going. You need to pick yourself back up and keep walking. 
You can't allow your falling place to be your final destination. God did not design and create and pour so much purpose into you just for you to lay down and stay down once you fall. Maybe the fall was allowed. Maybe the struggle was a design of God, but whatever it was, I'm encouraging somebody right now to get back up again. Okay, you failed a semester. That's okay. Get back up again. That job situation didn't work out. Get back up again. You didn't get that promotion. Get back up again. Maybe that relationship didn't work out, but I'm telling you to get back up again. Maybe you're struggling in your relationship with your child right now, but don't stay down. You've fallen. But I'm encouraging you in God. It's time to get back up again. There is much more left for you to do. Your assignment is more important than you. So when I get up, I don't get up just for my own sake. I need to get up because what God has assigned to me is more important than me. It's bigger than I am. It's bigger than I am. I want you to think of it just like work. If you go to work and you fail and you just stayed down and you kept doing that and you didn't report to work, you know what they would do? At some point, they would replace you because the assignment you have at that job is more important than you. And they would simply assign someone else to do it. Similar with God, the assignment that God has given us, the purpose that he's poured into us, it's more important than we are. So therefore, it is incumbent upon us to not lay down, to not stay down, but to get back up and walk according to the assignment and purpose that God has given us because my assignment is more important than me. And some days you might just need to look in the mirror and encourage yourself with those words and look at yourself and say, my assignment is more important than me. I don't feel great today. I, I'd rather just stay in bed, but my assignment is more important than I am. Just imagine Jacob in this story. Jacob wrestled with the angel, but remember what happened at the end of the story. The, the, the angel says to Jacob or God himself, however you see the story, he says, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Your name shall no longer be called Jacob. No longer are you just Jacob. Because you're no longer just a man. But God is saying, I don't see a man. God says, I see a nation. I see a nation. You are no longer just a man that was, uh, that was, that was born of a woman. But I see in you a nation and not only any nation, I see my chosen nation in you. And just like God with Jacob and Israel, God sees much more in us than we see in ourselves. God sees much more in us than us than we see in ourselves. I often say that we see might see ourselves as the apple, but God sees us as the apple with seeds inside and the seeds don't represent other apples. They represent other trees. The apple holds a seed that's able to grow trees. So therefore, the apple holds something that is much more important than itself. It has trees inside of it. It has an abundance of apple, a nation of apples, if you will, on the inside. And just like God saw a nation in Jacob, a great and chosen nation called Israel.
God sees much more in you. Your assignment is more important than you are. You do not have permission to lay down. You do not have permission to stay down after you've fallen. You have too much more to accomplish. You need to imagine yourself, even as God imagines you. Jacob looked up that morning and saw a man. God, by the end of the day, had told him, you're more than a man. You're a nation. How do you see yourself in the mirror? How are you imagining yourself and are you imagining yourself the same way that God sees you? I'm going to close with this. When God said that to Jacob, I want you to note the way that it was said. When he said your name should no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. What he's saying to him is that that's not what you'll have to call yourself. That's what others will call you. Because not only do I see a nation in you, I'm going to cause other people to see what I see. Saying they won't call you Jacob anymore. When other people call your name, because most often you don't call your own name. Other people call your name. So when other people call your name, they're not going to call you Jacob anymore. They're kind of going to call you Israel because I am going to cause them to see in you what I see. And I came to speak that prophetically into somebody's life right now that you're not limited by what others might call you. But God said, I'm going to change your perception. I'm going to change how others see you. They're not going to see you for the frailties that you see in yourself. They're not going to see you for the failures that you see in yourself. But I'm going to cause other people to see in you what I see. And when they see it, they're going to call you by a different name. I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to the nation. I'm speaking to those listening. You shall no longer be called Jacob. You shall be called Israel. Not you calling yourself that, but others will call you that. The Bible often says you don't have to call yourself blessed. Others will call you blessed. Others will call you highly favored of God because God said, I'm going to open their eyes and I'm going to cause them to see you the same way that I see you. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word on tonight. Not my words. My words have no import or no power. But Lord, your words are all powerful. And when we repeat and rehearse your words in our ears, Lord, our destiny literally is clarified. Our purpose comes forth. And Lord, you make the path clear for us so that we can walk according to your word and your purpose. Lord, I pray on tonight that your word has clarified for some whose destiny may have been foggy may have provided evidence to someone who needed the evidence for faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen may the evidence that emanated from your word on tonight propel someone towards their destiny and give the encouragement that they need to get up from the place that they've fallen and walk according to their purpose because their assignment is greater than they are And Lord, we pray all these things in our son Jesus' name. Amen. And God bless you. I pray that each of you were encouraged by the words that you heard on tonight. I pray that somebody, 
who may have been in a place of fall, who had fallen, realizes that it's a shame to stay in that parking lot on your knees or on your back. Don't stay there. That's not your assignment. That's not where God desires for you to be. But I want you to get up with purpose. I want you to get up with the encouragement of knowing that God is going to cause other people to see you the way that he sees you. They're going to have another form of respect, a higher level of appreciation for you. They're going to call you a nation instead of a name. And I want you to know that God is going to propel you along the way until he give, gets you to the place where he said you will go. Remember, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he repent. But whatever God has proclaimed and spoken, it shall be done in your life. God bless you. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by give a fun. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.